Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. You're listening to Puck and Roll. And welcome to episode two of season two of the Puck and Roll podcast. I am today's only host, uh, Sebastian High, and this is a very, very fun episode because we have a very special guest on. First of all, the other panelist today is Aaron. So Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello, the people. The people. Uh, And our special guest today uh, does many, many things. Uh, First of all, he uh, is the Habs Prospects guy at Habs Eyes on the Prize. Uh, he is also the QMJHL Scout at Dauber Prospects and an Associate Editor at Dauber, at Dauber Prospects. Heidi Kalakesh, welcome on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, this is going to be a very fun episode. So the plan for today is mm-hmm. to focus on training camp because, well, it's the big thing in Havland right now and we have to focus on it. So why not bring another pop Prospects person onto the show? Yeah. Um yeah, so this is going to be a fun episode. Let's get straight into it with uh, probably the main story of training camp, Owen Beck. So I knew I'm going to say that. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to like make it a question. Just Owen yeah. Beck, and you guys, you guys say whatever you want. You want to say. any words first, Aaron? Want to go? Uh, want to go first on Owen Beck? I am happy to go first on Owen Beck because I happen to be in a fantasy league with Sebastian. I knew you were bringing that up immediately. I knew that was the first thing he was going to say. I'm like, (laughs) oh, I got him in our fantasy league. At 30th overall, I drafted Owen Beck, and that pick has aged so well. I love Owen Beck. I got Lane Hudson at 26, Minty Cum at 21, Shane Wright at at 2, Frank Mazur. I got Frank Mazur, You had a good draft, too. I did. I'm very happy. as well. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, no, that Beck was 19th on my board going into the draft. And it's funny, uh, I had Hudson at 18, Beck at 19, Meshar at 20. So we got all three of those guys. Not and uh, if I were to do a redraft today, just based on what I've seen in the past week and a half, Beck would be higher. Because you're seeing a player that, like, I, I think he put it something like 52 points in 68 OHL games. That mm-hmm. is not... That doesn't represent his game at all. He is. He was. He was the two C Mississauga, right? Like it was uh, Del Bevelusa that got all the offensive shifts. 
and Owen Beck was like really used as a pure shutdown centerman while also putting up tremendous offensive results when he was given the time. So, Hadi, I know you you have he is quite the appreciation of Owen Beck as well. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, for me, Owen Beck versus Luca Del Babalouz was the litmus test I used for scouts to see if they actually watch games or not. Because you watch them both in comparison. I mean, it's, it's, it's night and day. They're two different prospects, right? But um, if you're looking at the score sheet, you might go for Dalbel Belouz, like almost definitely. But if you look at the skill set, if you actually watch both players in a vacuum, like regardless of who they play with, Owen Beck was consistently driving play, consistently driving transition, um, consistently creating turnovers for his team. Uh, overall, just posture wise, his skating is much better. Um, He's got a decent shot. He's got good playmaking. But I think what really shines in this game, the thing that drives his play is his mind. I mean, he's got a tremendous brain for the game. And the direction that the Habs are going with their picks, I think, is very sort of hockey sense focused. Um, Because it's tangible, but it's also sort of an intangible uh, where, you know, you can understand the layers of it, decision making, scanning, processing, all that stuff. But um, there's something about it that isn't quite... um, you can't really sort of point the finger at it. So just the overall package of intelligence that Beck has is just, it's miles ahead of anyone else in his range of the draft. I mean, I'd say hockey sense wise, he was better than Jagger Fergus, um, better than Reed Schaefer for sure, who, who went before him. I mean, Schaefer's easy, but Fergus yeah. to me is on the brink, depending on what kind of hockey sense you're looking for. If you're looking for hockey sense all over the ice, then yes, Owen Beck wins. If you're looking for elite offensive hockey IQ, I I would defer to Fergus right there. But look, I definitely understand. Fergus would have been my pick at 33. Owen Beck was my second up, not in terms of like my actual ranking, but in terms of best fit with the Montreal Canadiens. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lane Hudson was my third. So to end up with two of my top three at 33 with the 33rd and 62nd overall picks, that is awesome. Tremendous. Absolutely. And that's what I love about Beck is that he, he flew under the radar because of the way that the, the, the Steelheads structured their offense, right? Um, but you just look at him and you look at how he obtained the 51 out of 68 points that he got. There's, there's nothing to fault there. I mean, he could have had a lot more points if he was played in Delbo Blues' role. If the two were inverse, Delbo Blues would have probably had a mediocre season and ended up, um, you know, a middle-of-the-pack player, whereas he was placed on the first line with ideal teammates and in a situation where he was consistently set up in offensive zone draws and all that stuff, whereas Beck was really sort of their shutdown guy. So I have... I mean, I absolutely love this pick. And what he's done since training camps in the preseason so far, he's sort of forced the Habs' hand to keep him in the lineup and, and, and give him more opportunities to display what he does well. So tonight he's playing with Meshar. It's going to be an interesting one-two punch for me. Um, Meshar on the left wing, which you know how I feel about Meshar being a center. So mm-hmm. Me too. I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm excited for tonight's game just to see Owen Beck with Meshar and how they play you know, off each other. So basically what we're saying about Owen Beck is shout out to Lauren Kelly. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically, yeah. She's, she's the reason I started watching him more closely. Yeah. Um, it was the case and, for a lot of scouts because yeah. again, like, like, especially like, like, look, I'm a full-time student. I have other things going on to yep. find prospects to scout. You're looking at stat sheets. You're looking at what other people are saying, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's how you find people apart from just like watching a game and seeing someone else stand out. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
Owen Beck just wouldn't have been the first player that, that you think, oh, I have to watch this guy. Because, again, the stats didn't pop off the score sheet. And, yeah, I mean, Lauren Kelly was high enough on Owen Beck for him to wish her a happy birthday on Twitter a couple of days ago. So uh, he was clearly very appreciative of her support. Uh, and, yeah, okay, so going from, from Beck, who was, who's been, like, every, I mean, he's, he's already a fan favorite, which is quite incredible after, what, 10 days? You, like every Habs fan seems to adore Owen Beck because very lovable like player on the ice. Um, but one player that has perhaps gotten a little bit of criticism has been the first overall pick in Yuri Slipkovsky. Uh, again, I don't want to formulate this into, the, into a question because both of you are very familiar with, with, with Slath. But all I'm going to say is manage expectations. Right? Yep. Like, what were, I, what are people expecting with him, right? I will be very solid in saying, I I think he played well in that he, he did. in that game. Like, there's well, he hung with negatives. With they players. I I just watched. I watched like about 15 minutes of the Seattle game, and I got to see about three minutes of Shane Wright. They did not use him well in that first period, but there were just as many negatives from Shane Wright than there were Yuri Slavkovsky. And look, I'm not going to compare the two players. They're Fully different. Wright was first on my board. Slaff was fifth. But there were so many positives to his game. I don't think he's the driver of a line. I think he needs a center that can give him... That can get chances for him. But along the boards, he is such a solid puck protector. And he's going to be such a good player when he slots into the lineup. Because I think he's a guy that will be effective on the third or the fourth line if that's where he ends up or a guy that's effective on the first or the second line, if that's where he ends up kind of uh, hitting. He's he's a versatile guy, and every team needs a guy like Yuri Slavkovsky. 100%. The way I see it with Slavkovsky is you've got a player who is very, very good at very specific things. So he's going to have a very specified role. Um, it does offer, some, offer him some versatility in the sense that he can play that role anywhere in the lineup. But his role itself is going to be extremely specific. And I think the, the place that he's going to excel the most and where his skill set's going to benefit him the most is as a puck retriever on the power play. So you place him on that power play in the bumper spot and task him with, with retrieving shots and ke- keeping the offense going, protecting the puck, shielding it, winning that one-on-one battle along the boards, and then cycling it to his defense. You've got a player that's perfectly suited for that role. It doesn't require a, a you know that high-end hockey sense, which I think Slavkovsky lacks so far. It's an issue with scanning. He doesn't really scan his surroundings often enough that he identifies the options, the secondary or tertiary options that are available to him. Um, he sort of goes for the first one he sees, right? Well, you won't need any anything more than the first option if your role on the power play is to play in front of the net, screen the goalie, and then when a shot comes in, exit the front of the net, go towards the puck, and, and win the battle and cycle it back. It's a very simple role, but he's going to do it very well, at least for the first two, three, four, five years of his career. That's the one thing that I think is really going to excel at. Then if you can layer in hockey sense, if you can sort of, um, you know, watch video with him, incorporate that, that scanning reflex into his game. Um, I think he has the hands, he has the, the playmaking, the shooting um, to be able to, to have a decent impact as a, a playmaking winger. 
um, a, a play driving winger. But I think right now the role that we're going to really see him excel at for the first couple of years of his career is as a um, net front screen puck retrieving power forward. That's really what I see from him right now. Yeah, I, w- I would completely agree with that. And I'd also argue that I would love to see him play this entire season in Laval. And that mm-hmm. is not an opinion that has been impacted by this training camp. That was my, that was my opinion before the draft. That was my opinion after the draft when the Habs that actually picked him. And it's still my opinion now of like going for Slavkovsky, who, yes, look, a lot of people are paint, we're painting him as this like incredibly pro ready player because he excelled in the Olympics and he played against men and he's big mainly because he's big. Uh, but he's a very raw player in that there's so many aspects in his game that still need refining. Shane Wright is a far more well-rounded player that who I also believe should be in the OHL this year, but who I think can be a much more natural fit into an NHL lineup immediately. Whereas Slavkovsky has so many aspects that are still very raw, like his hockey mind, right? Like he makes some excellent reads sometimes. He needs to find that consistency. He has to learn those habits. Shane Wright has those habits, right? This is like the difference in terms of NHL readiness between the two. Whereas Slavkovsky, if you give him a full season in Laval, uh, give him a talented uh, line mate, whether it be Philip Meshar if he plays there, or just Jesse Yelonen and, I don't know, Anthony Richard. That's a very fun top line in Laval, mm-hmm. and I think they could complement each other very, very well. And mm-hmm. just give him that, uh, that opportunity to dominate. That's something the Habs did not give to the Yasperi Kakunyemi. They brought him straight to the NHL, and it was a mistake. I think mm-hmm. it, that it'd be a, a similar mistake with, with Lopkowski. And it doesn't matter that he was picked first overall, because in the end, he's just a prospect. Like draft spot does not define a prospect. It's the prospect that's supposed to define like where he goes in the draft. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a, a, a yeah. Anyways. Um, but it's like, look, Tyler Boucher shouldn't be expected to be second line winger in the NHL just because he went 10th overall. Right. Yeah. That is, Poor Tyler Boucher. Honestly, I like the, the, I, I honestly yeah. feel bad because it's not fair on him. Like yeah. there, there are really just unfair expectations based purely on draft position. Right. And I'm not saying that Slavkovsky is Tyler Boucher here at all. They're yeah. really different players with very yep. different ceilings and very, mm-hmm. just very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both big, I guess, but apart from that, very Yeah, different. that's it. Mm-hmm. But, but Slavkovsky is the same thing of like, okay, look, I wouldn't have picked him first overall, but there were reasons to do so. Like in terms of raw potential, like just complete raw potential, I would have probably put him second or third in the draft. Frank mm-hmm. Nazer for me would, would have been top. Thank you. Know you agree with. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then it'd be a toss up between Wright and Slavkovsky at second yeah. for like just raw potential. Oh yeah. But there's a long, long way to get there. So the Habs drafting him was a was them banking on their development team, and because it was a bet on development, he shouldn't be expected to be a top six winger right now because he's exactly not. he just yeah. isn't one yet, and he deserves the time to just be developed properly. Just put him in Laval. Sure, there's going to be talk about that for the first two weeks, the first month, where everyone's like, oh, first overall pick, not playing the NHL. At the same time, Owen Power did the same thing last year, and yep. he's looking he's pretty doing... good now. He's yeah, and he needed that very, year. Very... He did. He needed, yeah. He, he, he really did. He would not have been my pick in that draft either. I would have gone with Matty Beniers or William Eklund or even Jesper Walstead ahead of him. But he needed that time, and now he's looking great. Like, you have to... It's an investment of time. And of all the years, this is the year to invest the time. You don't need him in your lineup to be good. Because exactly. we're not going to be good. The Habs are not a good hockey team. And there's no there benefit. Is, 
Yeah. And there's already such a huge depth in forwards in the NHL team. It's not like we're, 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 we're going to be dressing, I don't know, uh, Nate Schnarr ahead of Yuri Slikovsky in the NHL. No. It's going to be guys like Yoar Mia, who's making $3.4 million a year. Uh, and Jake Evans, who else, right? Like Sean Monaghan. These are established NHL players who have, to varying degrees, had struggles in the last couple of years. Jake Evans, mm-hmm. not, not really fair there because concussions. But, mm-hmm. like, there's no reason to rush him apart from just fans' eagerness to see the first overall pick, which you can understand. But you mm-hmm. can also just go to Laval and watch him actually potentially dominate the league this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. it's like a, a half an hour away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The highlight reel is going to be tremendous if he plays in Laval this year. And like, I think there's yeah. something magical there with Yelonen. I think they're oh so complimentary that is a for each great, other. That is a great pairing there. Mm-hmm. Also, just think of the benefits of having Slavkovsky play on a legitimately high-end team this year, which Montreal... They, they could go for the Calder Cup. And not only that, and, 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 but and, and, we're talking and, and, minimum and 20. Price did when he was developing, right? Like, just yeah. let him do that. And the most important aspect of all this is minutes. Right, because the more minutes he plays, the more reps he gets. So if he's going to be playing 13, 14 minutes on the third or fourth line, why the hell do you even have him in your NHL team? Let him play in the AHL. He's eligible. Like, thank God you've got a prospect who's eligible for the AHL and actually needs it for once. Just and send you have him a down. Good AHL team for, for once. exactly. Like the, the the stars are too aligned in that sense in order to just like just bend to the pressure and, and have him play in the NHL just because he's a first overall pick. You do it. Like if you're going to bet on development, let your development team manage him. It's, it's like, exactly. and there's no Although, sense of playing him right now. Yeah. If, if there's one guy where training camp has actually made me think about a level change. If we, I think Meshar deserves to be in Laval over Kitchener. Oh yeah. And I, w- totally. I was so happy that they said he was going to go to Kitchener because I didn't think they were going to do that, mm-hmm. but he has looked so much better than I thought he would. Yeah. So look, I, I don't. I honestly, you said uh, they said something about you, like uh, you aren't high on him as a center. I am. Oh, so, I am. Oh, Absolutely. you are. Okay. Oh, hundred oh, yeah. percent. We, we all agree that he's a center. Like we yeah. all agree on this. Like okay, we are so, very much aligned. Slap Mashar Yelonen. That is such an amazing talk. Oh, okay, that God. would be that'd be a dream come true, right? Like, like I don't that, think it happens that, this year. It, no, it, it also wouldn't would because coaching wise, you wouldn't like like who is not going to do that? Yeah, but. The amount of fans you get in seats if you run that top line. Oh, my God. I mean, I'd be buying Laval season tickets today. Yeah. yeah. I do want to see Yeso Ulan in the NHL. I think it's, he's, he's, he's it's more just yeah, – I think that, that only happen. happens with injuries or after the deadline because there just isn't room. Like, who? there's so many NHL wingers. Like, look, yeah. I agree. Ulan, like, like, he should be on the third line this season. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Yeah. At the, sa- at the same time, he still hasn't gotten a point of game in the AHL. I don't think that you can really overdevelop a prospect by leaving him in a winning environment for an extra six months. Uh, like just let him play those top line minutes because he didn't get top line minutes for the entirety of last season, right? Mm-hmm. Let it, give him that year. It's not it's not like the biggest stretch to do that. And let your vets play in Montreal this season, get get value for them at the deadline. And once there's a roster spot open or an injuries inevitably happen. Then you can bring him up, bring him up, and he will shine because he deserves to be in the NHL. He's an NHL player. The the thing is, like that applies in in Ulonen's case for sure. What I'm wondering is the amount of youngsters that are going to be playing in the AHL next year. I mean, Rafael Arvidsson arguably is an NHL oh, yeah. player. Uh, he's a fourth liner, hundred percent. And you know, you add on top of that the fact that 
you know, you're going to probably have, well, hopefully have Slavkovsky playing in that on that first line. Um, I just, I like what they're going with in the AHL. I just really hope that they're not really as comfortable playing that many youngsters because we've seen it for so long. They'll sign 29, 30, 31 year olds to two year contracts and they'll take precious time away from uh, the younger players. I'm not sure how I feel about Nate Schnarr in general playing in the AHL. Like, At the same time, if he's your fourth liner in the AHL, you're doing pretty well. Oh, yeah, that you're fine. Uh, Alex Bezil, same thing. Like, At this, I, I like Nate Schnarr. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. A, I am an H and R fan. Cool. But Anthony, <laughs> that's, that's Anthony such a Richard, positive reaction. <laughs> Anthony Richard looked excellent in the oh my match. goodness! I was, I, I was there. Like, I was, I, like both, both me and Aaron were there. Though yeah. I, I had better seats, but uh, oh, good seat, for you. I was there alone. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, look, ten, look, ten ten dollar ticket, center ice, six rows up. Like, look for scouting, it was awful. It was not mm-hmm. good for scouting. For the experience, oh, fantastic in the threes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like for scouting, you did great. For for the yeah. experience, for ten bucks. Yes. I was because I can't afford to just take it away with back. <laughs> I was watching Owen back and looking for Jack Eye. That was that's yeah. all I did. But he, I saw somebody say, uh, like Richard didn't have a good game. He was just in the right place at the right time. But he was in no. the right place at the right time. That's literally the right place at the right time. That's literally what I would consider a good game from yeah, the natural center. If you're and, in the right and, place, the right and time. he was creating with his speed. He drew. He, I, I think he drew two penalties in that game, or maybe just one. But like, oh he, yeah, he, he, like Meshar really like, using his speed. It was great. Yeah, and in, in the sample that I that I recorded for Meshar um, in the the prospect video I did, um, his penalty differential was off the charts. I mean, he easily drew like five or six penalties in the three games that I tracked. And yeah. didn't didn't he's so you know? Shifty. Oh well, that's the thing. It's not just that he's shifty; is that he he's not as shy of contact as I thought he was. He oh, not at all. He he likes yeah. to initiate it. He just needs to build up the strength to actually like play through it. And the puck protection mechanics as well are kind of yeah, the mechanics that's, are there. The strength is not. No, no, but see, the the puck protection mechanics is is what I'm I'm sort of scared of because um, I've seen him many times. Uh, not use his his like closer half to the oh, to really? the player in order to shield I, off I've, that kind of thing. Interesting, because yeah. in, in my viewings, I've quite liked his mechanics. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just he's been pushed off, like physically overwhelmed. But the mm-hmm. actual mechanics of getting his body low, his uh, foot out to protect the puck or his arm, uh, mm-hmm. depending on his angle that he's taken, and then like really getting his shoulder down and like driving the net in. I've mm-hmm. I've liked like. At, at least that specific mechanic, yeah. like driving the net from the wing, I like that a lot. I'm not. But like, see, that's I the thing. I haven't focused in on like mechanics and other facets of puck protection. Yeah, see, that's where I notice it because when he drives the net, he's fine. He doesn't do it often, but when he does, it's pretty positive. The issue is he doesn't identify the situations where he can use that skill okay. um, when it's not driving the net. So let's say he's retrieving a puck along the boards and his back is to the opposing goal oh, in the offensive okay. zone. I don't see him use his arm to shield. He doesn't sort of, he doesn't the feel the dog opponent's, effect. Exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't feel the opponent's breath on his back when, when it's not, you know, driving the net. When he knows the defender's on him, he's fine. But it's the pre-scanning is sometimes lacking. And when he's retrieving pucks and for a split second, either he'll check the like one shoulder and not the other and he'll miss a guy or that kind of thing. And he ends up thinking that he's safe and like, retrieving the puck with both st- with both hands on the stick instead of putting one hand on the stick and shielding that kind of thing um so that's one thing i think you'd have to work on but 
in general, I mean, I was really impressed. I think Adam Adam Nicholas worked with him during uh, rookie camp on um, driving his body even lower and and cutting inside contact, putting the puck under the opponent's stick, lifting it, and then sort of angling his his body through that kind of stuff. Because I've seen a lot more of that. He's been a lot more inside driven on the puck as well that I that, than I expected. Because in the three games I tracked, I didn't see him cut to the inside with the puck once. Like not once. So it was, just wasn't a habit that he had in general. And, I, you know, those are the three games that I tracked. I've watched at least seven or eight games of Meshar. And I almost never saw him cut to the inside with the puck. Without the puck, not a problem, almost ever. But with the puck, it was a main issue. And on the topic of Meshar, so uh, through this episode, we're going to answer a couple Twitter questions. Mm-hmm. And one of them was... Uh, who uh, I, do you think there are better options available at 26 ahead of Philip Meshar? Uh, so yeah, what yeah. is your take on yeah, that? Yeah, I do. His name is Owen Beck. <laughs> Let me check. I need to pull up my rankings. It's been you way see, too long. I, I I took mine out in preparation for this specific question. I know. Good. I took a screenshot of it a little while ago. Let's go check this thing out. But yeah, I'm pretty sure there are a couple names I put up there. Uh, oh, Electric like, calls I, on I, for sure. I, yeah. I definitely have a couple uh, that mm-hmm. I had ahead, but I want to pre- preface that with saying that I thought that at, at taking Philip Mashar was an excellent pick for the Habs. Oh yeah, uh, no, definitely. I, exactly right. So so um, uh, Philip Mashar, uh, I had him ranked at what, I believe eighteen. Yeah, eighteen eighteenth overall, one spot ahead mm-hmm. of Joachim Kamel, two spots ahead of Danilo Yurov. So hmm. that is like, look, I liked him a lot. Uh, were there guys I would have been taking ahead of him? Yes, the three guys I had ahead of him were still available at that pick and did not Brad go Lambert. in the third round. Well, yeah. uh, Cali Adelius, Seamus Casey, and Vlad Gradinen. But, of course, my pick at 26 would have been Brad Lambert. Thank you uh, for introducing that, Aaron. Because, Mine would have uh, definitely been Gleb. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, I, know, I know you love Gleb, mm-hmm. uh, but I... Look, look, Brad Lambert, uh, was his world junior after the draft very good? No. Do I care? Also, no. Uh, the <laughs> tools are, uh, for me... Okay, we were talking about raw potential earlier, and I was mm-hmm. saying, like, right and Slath tied for second. I should have been saying tied for third, because Brad Lambert would be second on my list for there. Uh, the skating is already elite. The hands are already borderline elite. Uh, the actual, the technical passing ability is elite. The scanning <laughs> is another issue. That is a work in progress. It's not... Uh, Look, I'm higher on his scanning than other people are, mm-hmm. uh, but it is still a work in progress. I think that he was very much a product, like, that his his drop in the draft was very much a product of uh, his opportunity, his usage, and his teammates uh, last year. Uh, he was put with career bottom six AHL players the entire yeah. season, basically, uh, who just did not, like, they could not keep up with his foot speed at all. Uh, they mm-hmm. could not keep up with his mind at all. Uh, <laughs> the run, the, the the transition rush patterns that, that they were using Brad Lambert. Brad, you have an elite skater, and you give him the puck. The rush pattern you're using is five men in a line? Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, it's terrible. It, it was, it was, it, it really it was horrible usage. And and everyone was like, oh, he put no points in, in the Liga. He put up the same amount of points as Yuri Slavkovsky did, right? Like, like you have he went to Lachty after, right? Like he went yes. to Lahti, yeah, Which exactly. Is an when awful he, team. When he played on Lahti, he was playing on the wing in a double chase a, system. And he and he is a centerman. Like like a lot of people yeah. have been telling me, like, oh no, he's a winger. Like like no, no he's not. If you watch if you watch him play center, and you watch him play wing. He is not a very good winger. He is an 
excellent centerman. And but as a yeah, but as a winger in a dump and chase system, all you're there for on in uh, on the rush really is to tip the puck in the offensive zone. Off of and you have Brad path. Lambert. Like and his like his elite thing is getting the puck in the neutral zone and skating it up the ice. And, and when you're playing it, and then holding up play allowing his teammates to rush the net and then making the decisive pass inside. Exactly. And if you're using him as a winger in a dump and chase system, he's doing literally the opposite of that. So he was just exactly. placed in the worst position possible. But to come back to my list, I had Meshar 28th, honestly. I, oh, I that's did, low. Yeah, I, I didn't like, like I said, I rarely saw him drive wow. to the inside with the puck. So it was a, that's a main thing for me. Um, a, a player that's inside driven is a lot more likely to, to score. Oh, I've been sure. proven wrong. Like, I've been proven wrong so far. Meshar has proven to me that he's a lot better than the names I had ahead of him. I had Jimmy Snuggerud, Owen Pickering. Ooh. Um Isaac Howard. Pickering's uh, yeah. I like yeah. Pickering. I, I really like Pickering. I had him 27th. Um Jamie Snuggerud, uh Isaac Howard. Um there were a couple of guys, Yiver Kulik I had ahead had of him. So like there a were a couple of names. People, yeah. I've been blasted on Twitter, like absolutely blasted a few times for saying that picking Meshauer ahead of Kulik was a good thing. Just I, really which is so shocking to me because I loved Yuri Kulik before the U18s. Like, mm-hmm. I liked, he was my first round before the U18s at a time mm-hmm. when most people had him, like, borderline second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few people among, among scouts that had him in the first, but it was pretty pretty small. <laughs> I already loved him at that point. I was like, he's, yeah. he looks very pro-ready. He's refined. I think he's a very good bet for a 3C in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did not change with the U18s, but everyone yeah. else overcompensated and was like, oh my God, he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. And it's like, <laughs> well, his shot's very good. He scored yeah. all his goals in the power play on a one-timer, but like his mm-hmm. shot's good. It's a and very decent one-timer, yeah. It's a very, very good one-timer. Uh, and I got blasted for saying that Pig Mesher ahead of him was a good move for the Habs just because he plays a fit, Kulik plays a physical brand of hockey despite being relatively undersized and yeah. having a cannon of a shot. And I find that very interesting just because, like, of all the players, like, like that, that is a very interesting one to get blasted for. If I'd said something more like, like Kevin Korczynski, who obviously was not available at that pick, but mm-hmm. I would have picked Meshar ahead of Kevin Korczynski. That I, don't blame I understand you. getting blasted for. <laughs> Same thing with, if I'd said Kamel, if I'd said Lakaramaki, but Kulik? Yeah. yeah. See, the thing is, for me, Yuri Kulik, the reason why I had him higher is first, um, he was my second or third favorite uh third best defensive forward oh yeah um, oh for sure after Easily. after after adam sakura and Shane Wright, his, his back checking great is tremendous he his understanding of opposing rush patterns is outstanding the way that he's able to anticipate play the way that he's able to position his his skates in the right way in order to stop plays before they're even sort of materializing is tremendous um yeah on top of that the shot yeah on top of that the fact that he's got borderline elite skating um, I, I see him. Mm. I really like his skating. His posture is excellent. His, his, his stride is excellent. His posture is excellent. I don't see the high-end edge work or agility needed. Yeah, for... he's not Antonio Stranges, but like he, he's... No, yeah. not, I was he, saying either, but even like yeah. Meshar. Like Meshar has better edges and better agility than, than Kulik. Like oh, yeah, margin. no. Meshar is a tremendous skater. I think that's his main strength. And, you know, it. I've highlighted it in my video. The, the only thing is that his, tries, his strides are a bit short. Um, he's, not, he's not the fastest because of I, that stride length. 
yeah, but he can he can build up speed pretty well. Like once he yeah. gets rolling, because his strides are short, his acceleration is slower. It is like yeah. is like slower. For but sure, I think his sure. top speed is still excellent, right? Um, but the thing with Kulik is just I saw a lot of fastest that I think you know there's too many fastest for him not to hit, and he's inside driven, right? Oh, I, I I like him a lot. Like I, yeah. I, I mean I had I had Yuri Kulik in I believe the late twenties. Adam twenty fourth. I'm twenty. Look, I'm twenty ninth, right? Like it's Adam thirty ninth. Oh wow! You're low. Wait, ho- where did you have Adam Sakura? Adam Sakura, I had at twenty two. Oh, good Ooh. stuff. And I drafted him. I, I was very happy at thirty two. Yeah, uh, I had him at at thirty. I was, so I was yeah, for me. It was a first round talent. The fact that um, the Rangers didn't they pick them right after sixty three. Uh, yeah. Odelius it was, was, uh, it was, it was Hudson. It was Hudson, Sakura, That trio Adelius. of picks in the late all first round. Rounders. That's all right? first round picks. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like all three of them three are first round talents. For sure. I, I had Sakura 22, Odelius at, third, at uh, 23. And I can say, I'm looking at my rankings now. I forgot my own rankings. <laughs> I had Sokovsky at seven. Yeah. Not at five. You were that low. Okay. Adam I third. was that low. Adam third. I, 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 I I so saw I had, we, we, the thing. Nice progression there. We have three, five, and seven. <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's Yuri Czech, Nazer, Nemitz, Lambert, Slavkovsky. Interesting. <laughs> the only two wow. players I had ahead of Slavkovsky were Shane Wright and Frank Nazar. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where I stand on that. But did, for me, did you have, a, did you have a, a different tier though? Like, like how how are your tiers represented? Oh, my three? first tier was Shane Wright alone. Second tier was Frank Nazar, Slavkovsky, Yuri Czech, Nemitz, Cooley, and Savoy in that in that order. See, so I, I, had, I, I had Nazar alone in the second tier. I had Wright alone in the first tier, Cooley alone in the second tier, Yurichek, Nazer, Nemitz, Lambert, Sulkowski, Gautier in that third tier. Gautier? Oh, I forgot you loved him. I, I liked Cutter Gautier at the I'm time. 12. He's, I'm, like, I'm he's a, gone I'm, lower on me. I had him low. I had him very low. I, I had him 12. That was fine with him at 12. Like, I had him at 24. At 12, oh, wow. I was boy. Yeah, I was low. I, yeah, I, I like the tools, but... In hindsight, I'm, in hindsight, having watched Savoy a lot more after the draft... Um, having him at seventh was really high. Um, I, I, I was really happy with him at, at eleven. Like twelve even feels a little 12, too high right now. Twelve, yeah, I am at twelve. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm comfortable like, twelve for him. Like I would have bumped Jagger Furcus higher because I had him at twenty third, and I would have bumped Savoy lower in order to put him sort of in the same range. Because to me, I had um, him back to back. Yeah, no, see, they're very similar in terms of potential. I feel. Mm, I agree. Um, like, I feel so stupid right now. I have Savoy one spot over Ostland. Austin's a way better player. Ooh, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, and I mean Buffalo got both, so they're they're kind yeah, of the same cloth. I think I feel like uh, I would think Austin any day. Yeah, the, yeah. Intel- I mean, the, I the intelligence that. is higher. The, the intelligence, oh, yeah. no, is definitely. Exactly, and, and I go off the physicality is or just very. I'm either smart or very, very big players. <laughs> yeah, because you, okay, you know the, 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 this man had an obsession. Okay, wait, Hadi, I'm aware. If I if I said the giraffe mm-hmm. it has to be Doljenkov, right like he oh, is yeah, a giraffe he, he embodies Dol- a giraffe Doljenkov is so lanky just <laughs> just so incredible he's like he he's a terrible uh, yeah. skater like awful yeah. awful, awful I, na- I don't think he's a terrible skater for a guy he, who's six foot mm. seven yeah but he's bad i don't care if he's six foot seven he's a terrible <laughs> skater hey columbus took him at 109 yeah so there's, there's something there <laughs> put shack on skate see how that works for Seventy-three. <laughs> Like, he was going to be, like, my fourth-round pick in fantasy, and then he was gone in the mid-second or something. I wow. know. Yeah. And Anyways, we have to get this back on track. Uh, 
<laughs> Another question that I think is, is pretty interesting, actually. So, what for uh, opening night roster? Which rookie defenseman do you think bracket for the Habs? Jack I R- R- roster, not like lineup. So, in, including like scratch players, mm. uh, and also whether or not Edmondson is healthy or not at that point. I'll give you pairings. It'll be easier like that. Um, okay. First pairing to me is probably going to be Matheson Savard because I think. Yeah. Lack of originality. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's a good fit. Like it yeah. just. I just don't like David Savard at all. No, I, <laughs> I, I don't like him either. But mm-hmm. to get the most out of him, you have to pair him with Matheson. Oh, 100 percent. Then after that, it I think it's going to be Gooley Harris. I'm throwing see, it out. I there. would love that. I would. Adore oh, I think it's going to be Gooley Baron. I think oh, Baron no, plays Baron a third AHL. Line. AHL, yeah, AHL. I, I want Baron in the AHL, but just because they played together at the World Juniors like a year and a half ago, I think they're going to end up together at the first. Oh, hold on, are, are, we going, are we going what we want or what's realistic? Realistic. I'm going what's realistic because oh, what I want is and Baron in the AHL. Yeah, so realistically, um, Matheson Savard, Gooley Harris, Schooneman Weidman. Oh, Schooneman Weidman is a great pairing. That, yeah, that is fit that, really that, well together. That fits excellently. Yeah. Um, and okay, so what mine be? Uh, I really want to like. Thing is, if I say if if I also go with Shuneman Weidman, I have to do the identical one, which is boring as hell. Because I'm going <laughs> with the same first pairing because the only yeah. logical one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like Harris on the right side of the of the second pairing. He played really uh, well on the right side. Yeah, he he, yeah. he played more right side than, than left side in college, right? Like, oh he, yeah, he that, with the Huskies, he he was straight yeah. up always on the right side. Exactly, like, literally all the time. Um. Okay, my prediction would, is going to be with uh, Edmondson back in the lineup. I would go second pairing of Edmondson Harris, mm-hmm. uh, and a third pairing of Willie Weidman with Schuneman as a, as a healthy scratch. Because yeah. I think that Justin Barron, um, I, I thought in the off season I wanted him in Laval. I think that even more so now, having watched him again this season. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he he looks worse than he did last season, so it's probably yeah. a sample issue at this point. Uh, his skating's but, tremendous, but that's about it for me. Decision, I mean, he struggles so bad making, with his back thing to the is, play. It's it's so bad. He, he's an AHL defenseman. Like yeah. at this point in his career, he's an AHL defenseman, and the Habs have and that's time okay. at this point. Yeah, like, there's that's no okay need to rush him. Hundred percent. There's, there's a lot of guys in that like ability range right now. So we have like Otto Leskinen who can play in the a, in the NHL. You have Corey Schooneman. You have Arbor Jacki. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need Baron there, despite him being a right shot. Yeah. No. Exactly. Okay, that was nice and easy. I thought there would be a bit more contention in there. Uh, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I, okay. I want Arbor Jacka in the NHL. But I don't think it would be happen. fun. For chaos, yes. I've, I've never seen a player with as much skill as Matthias Norlander just completely shut down in terms of his confidence. It's yeah. so tired. He's so He's a different player now. Like at, entirely. At, the, at the same time, at the same time uh, Habs management and coaching seem to like him because he's getting all the opportunities possible. Like he's been playing for it's 10 minutes. Nor- Norlander and every... Heinemann are getting all the chances. Mm-hmm. They're getting all the chances. And look, I'm very happy about that. And I hope it continues in, in Laval or if he gets sent down to the ECHL and just gets played 25 minutes a night or something, right? Because like you have, or you have, if you have to do something to boost him. But, but he has no I, value right now. Like, like, I disagree. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? People, I, mean, I don't think he does. People were throwing his name out for Jack Eichel. Like... Yeah, that would be worse than like Caulfield, Norlander, and a first Look, for Jack it, it's been a, or it's been, it's been it's only been one year, mm-hmm. but it's been a full year, and he has his tank. His stock has absolutely tanked since then. Yeah, I would I would hold on to him this year. I think this is a make or break season for him. 
Yeah. I still think that that he has the same ceiling as before. It's more just the likelihood of him hitting that is steadily decreasing. Oh, it's it not just that it's fallen off a cliff. I think like like his upside is still tremendous. I just the the stars would need to align in order to see him hit that upside. That's how I see yeah. it now. Like he's, he, he's 22, 23? 20. I think he's I think he's 23. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's drafting Caulfield's year, but he, he was he's, an overager. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, I mean, I watched I watched him play a lot in Sweden, and I really like what I saw. But I feel so creative. That's the thing is that he's not exploiting his strengths right now. No. He's trying to play a style that's not fitting to him, and it's wasting precious time on ice. And like, that's why I think he probably instead of going to where did he go again? It wasn't Gardens. It was. Uh, Shoot, I forget the Swedish uh, SHL team he was playing for. But oh, Frölunda. Frölunda. Yeah. Uh, instead of playing with Frölunda, where he's sort of bumped down the lineup consistently, if he had Edmondson. gone, yeah, if he had gone to to Regla first, I mean, he probably would have played a year with uh, Moritz Sider, which yeah. um, wow. Uh, <laughs> also, Regla has this tendency to just let their defensemen explore offensively. That's why I'm so excited about Adam Engstrom going to play there because. Mm-hmm. They they really like to just let them loose and like, hey, make mistakes. It's okay. As long as like you're contributing offensively and taking risks and like learning to calculate those risks. Like there's no better way to, to learn how to calculate risks than to make mistakes. You know? And like, owning the offensive defenseman is a lot more important in the league today because yeah. they're just valued more. Like mm-hmm. nobody puts Jacob Slavin in the conversation as a top 10 defenseman anymore, even though he absolutely deserves I would. it. I would absolutely do oh, that. He, he's he's top five for me. I think mm-hmm. he's a tremendous defenseman. Uh, many many people don't even think about it, mm-hmm. and it's because the offensive defenseman breed has just taken over. Yep. Yeah. So if we can develop a few of those guys, they're worth a lot more because we only have seven defenseman spots. Mm-hmm. Lane Hudson. Lane We also I like people forget about Jaden Struble a lot. I'm not the biggest fan, but he's a he's a legit guy. Mm-hmm. And gonna. Take that immediately because another Twitter question was: mm-hmm. Does Struble have a higher ceiling than Caden Gooley? No. Oh. Oh. Ceiling. Ceiling. Not value. Ceiling. ceiling? Okay. I, I I adjust the question a bit because I thought it's more interesting this way. Mm-hmm. Just ceiling. Just ceiling. Okay. Um, I would say yes. Do you want me to? I, do you want me to? Do you want me to yeah, like oh, defend that? Please explain. Yes. Then... Okay. I have rarely seen a player excel at breakouts as, as much as Struble does. And when I look at upside, I'm looking for specifics that you're, you're better at than almost everyone. Struble is that for breakouts. He masters them. The, the art of delaying, the art of underhandling pucks, the art of playing them into areas for his teammates. Like, if he hits, his breakout game is going to be his bread and butter. He, he rem- Like, in that sense, he reminds me of, like, a physical Adam Fox, but only for breakouts. Anything yeah, else, yeah. Adam Fox has the edge by far. But, like, you're talking about if, – if I'm, if I'm, like, if I'm betting $1,000 on a player not losing the puck on a breakout, I'm betting on, 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 on Jaden Struble without a, without a doubt in my mind. He just when he gets the puck, it's out, and it's out in a, in a controlled way, never in like a a frenzied Caden Gooley way. You know, it's so, fun because it, it's the exact opposite of Gooley. Though, though Gooley, like his time in Edmonton, worth gold. Oh well, uh, yeah, hundred percent. He's improved so much, especially in that one facet of the game mm-hmm. of just breakout passes. Yes, uh, and decision making in the breakout and uh, offensive because, activation. Yes, over oh, sure. 
but especially like like because like the bigger issue in my mind at least for like short-term nhl like usability was the breakout and Mm -hmm. because in his draft year it was so funny to watch him because he'd never allow his own entry when he's defending he'd Mm -hmm. make a big hit or perfect stick play take the puck away turn Mm -hmm. around scan for three seconds and pass onto the stick of an opponent and then mm-hmm. the same thing would loop again. It was like just yep. an endless cycle over and over and over. And it's again. like, oh, oh wow, look at his rush defense number. Away. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, look at his rush defense numbers. Well, it's like, it's because he consistently creates opposing rushes. Yes. Right. And that's the opposite for Struble. His rush defense numbers aren't outstanding in terms of volume. In terms of efficiency, they're no. great. But in terms of volume, they're not that impressive. And the reason for that is he doesn't fail on breakouts almost ever. Yeah, that's the thing I really love about Struble, and that the thing that makes me think he has a higher upside is just that discrepancy between the two. You two have the edge over me here because I watch a lot less Habs prospect stuff than you do. Mm-hmm. And if you would ask me this question two weeks ago, I would have said Struble without any hesitation. Oh, but Gouli has looked so good in camp. Oh, like so great. so good to the point. I think he's a second pairing guy for the next fifteen years. Mm-hmm. But he's looked so refined that I think he can grow into a three, like a solid three. Three, three is, see, that's is, the thing. is the same thing for me, right? And that, that's the all, thing. It, it, it I all think... comes down to Struble because I think we're yeah. all in line in thinking that like Caden Gooley's a long-term number three defenseman. Yeah, I don't 100%. think anyone's going to argue against that in this yeah. in this meeting here. But um, if you look at our past two seasons, mm-hmm. a three can play top pairing minutes. But it should they? That's the thing. Is that Jaden Struble to me has an upside of a, a very good number two. Like, I don't think Ooh, he's got number one defense potential. You're that high on him. Okay, wow. So, Potential-wise, I'm saying, like, if, this, again, the stars need to align for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If you ask me Struble's okay. potential right now, I say a three. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, so, I would agree. I agree with Aaron on, on that one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I have Struble ranked as my 10th best prospect in the half system, so I'm, I'm high on him. Like, 10 mm-hmm. is already, if you, if you ask a lot of, like, just Habs people and prospects people, you're not going to see many people rank him higher than 10, though you would. I would assume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I am high on Struble. Um, mm-hmm. However, I do think that that Gooley has a higher potential just in, uh, well, mainly because of his time in Edmonton last season. I, I, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that, that that one, like, what, two thirds of a season mm-hmm. may have an impact that changes in his entire career in terms of upside. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his, the confidence he gained offensively. Uh, the willingness to activate, the oh, skill yeah. he showed in activations. Uh, the uh, he's also just like an, an amazing skater. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I I think he's a better skater than Justin Barron, and that's saying something. Justin Barron, mm-hmm. is Justin Barron's such a good skater. He's a great. Yep. I know. Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm very aware. Uh, of that. I, I, had, I think I had Gooley, fourteen. Like I, I made one of these yeah. rankings that. I went off Sebastian's. You copied me because yeah. I saw the idea. And I'm like, <laughs> is my propi- proprietary thing. I, I, I own the right to rank Habs prospects. Copyright, so yeah. Now, yeah. see, I, I did mine for Habs Eyes on the prize for the under-25s, but I should yeah. I should really do it for just non-NHL prospects because I think that'll be I, I played a little game where every single time I saw one of the 25 under-25 things, I'm like, I see the consensus. What are you going to put him at? And <laughs> I was, like, surprisingly effective with, like, uh, the Lane Hudson to Jesse Yalone where he was just, like, a little bit off the board. And I was really proud of myself. Yep. Nice. Yeah, but basically, my my prediction for for, for Gooley is long term number three, and I think that Struble 
his upside is around number three, but I think Gooley has an upside that that's just a better number three than Struble. But I think they're they're right, they're they're really close. Uh, and it was a good question. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I think for the, the next thing, um, it's just one word, uh, Hadi, Simino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, do you have like 40 minutes? Because I, I could genuinely just can, go can you, off. Can you, can you keep it to four? Uh, yeah, I'll try my best. Um, he has everything I look for in short prospects. Um, inside driven, uh, incredible off-puck positioning, incredible uh, awareness and scanning habits, uh, understands his surroundings really well, uses his body really well in puck battles. He can win battles against 6'4", six, 6'5 six, players. Um, he, uh, he has a, he's just an outstanding playmaking um, in general. I think he was a easily like top three playmaker in the queue last year. Um, just feisty to, to the end. I mean, he never gives up on any pucks. Um, he's just got the profile of a guy who overcomes that. And, and we were talking about that once, I, I think over drinks, me and you, uh, Sebastian. Um, you have a player who is, was smaller than everyone his whole career. Like, it's not like he was average size and he stopped growing. He's always been shorter than everyone else. That, to me, screams adaptive skills. Like, if you're succeeding your whole life, you're outscoring everyone else, and you've always been shorter than everyone else, that's going to carry. So we're going to see Xavier Simonot in the AHL, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that he squeezes his way into that top six and does a tremendous job. Um, I, I think he's, he's in the NHL within two years. Oh, 100%. if there's one five six prospect that's going to make it, it's going to be him. A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. Like the things that made Nathan Gerby good, um, that's were a kind of comparison. But the, that that's, that's what I was going to say is like they're a bit different because Gerby was a lot more of a skillful guy, a lot more oh, of like, sure. you know what I mean. But Simon O is going to be the grinder version of Nathan Gerby. He's going to be like short that. Brendan Gallagher with like playmaking instead of goal scoring. And perhaps a bit sense. less time spent in the crease. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. No, but, like, still, he actually does spend time in the crease. But, like, not yeah, as much as Gallagher. I mean, Gallagher, Gallagher is quite the bar set for time in the yeah, crease for 60. He, he, like, number 11 is stamped in the crease, like, in, in the Bell Center. Like, it's his spot, right? The heat, but... the heat maps for number 11 uh, in games. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like, just crease. Dot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, does not move. For sure. But, like, Simono, to me, is a player who weaves in and out of plays. He just controls and dictates play at such a high level that, like, I think, you know, he has actual, like, middle six or, like, second-line potential. And I second feel line. I wow. feel crazy for saying that because he's 5'6", and he was an overage pick in the sixth round. But I just watched his guy. Yeah, he was a D-plus two. You see how I, – I, I know how crazy this sounds. I really do. But – he does everything I love in a in a short prospect, every single I, thing. I, I definitely do believe that he that he's underrated in mm-hmm. in terms of just public consensus. Yeah. I had him ranked um, eighteen in so the Adam, system. Adam, so I, 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 had, I had him sandwiched between Caden Primo and uh, well Harvey Pinard. So I I, I, I have him. One spot ahead of Harvey Pinard. I have him at 17 between okay. Logan Mayu and Raphael Harvey Pinard. <laughs> you see, I have which, him ahead of Mayu, which I know Hadi is going to love. You, you guys can't see what's going on in the camera right now, but I'm visibly cringing right now. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I took okay. away all my biases when I made this list. Yep. 
Uh, see, I, I've yeah. got to look up where I put Xavi Simono on the under 25 list because it's going to be like really hard to find. It's going to be uh, way higher than anyone else. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to look this up because I really need to bring it up. I had him really high. Like, I had him crazy high. Um, oh, I think yeah, it was 12th. Like, like oh, my God. Yeah, I'm saying. Oh, my God. I'm saying. So, wait, uh, so are, you, are you saying like, like non-NHL prospects that, that he's top 10 on your list? Maybe. Well, because Suzuki and Caulfield, if he's 12th, yeah, he's top 10. Probably, yeah. That's how I feel about Xavier Smith. Wow. I really okay. like this pick. I, I, I've, I've been hammering this nail since 2019 that he should have been picked. Okay. Like, I've been wow. on Xavier Simono's case, like, this whole time. That is, yeah. I, I, I could definitely yeah. see him rising up my list up to, like, the maybe, like, the 13 range. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Interesting. Oh, Adam, 15th in the under-25 list. Okay, okay, okay. So, not, not yeah. quite top 10. Okay, that makes a bit more sense to me. But, like, if you're counting non-NHL and AHL prospects, he's he's in the top 10. But like, before this, before he got signed, basically, he was yeah in my top yeah. 10 of non-NHL or AHL forwards. Uh, yeah. Players. Yeah. No, I, I love, I love Xavier Smith. Like I said, he does every single thing that I look at, I look for in a young, in a short prospect. Like, every single thing, he just checks all of the boxes for me. Even a shot is actually not bad. I can see him score 20. Like oh ooh. yeah, I can't see him score twenty with the instincts. I can. I, his his scoring, like, he's such a playmaker. His I his instincts score, are such playmaking instincts. I, I uh, can see him get sixty points. I can see him get like twelve goals. Really? No, I, I I I would say more fifteen goal range ish. But I think, I, okay, I can't, twelve, I can't fifteen, see twenty. It's all the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, totally. twelve and twenty is same thing. Yeah. <laughs> But see, like people say, David Dernay, like no, he's got more goal scoring potential than David Dernay. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, and Dernay scored fifteen. Low bar. Yeah, and Dernay yeah, scored. It's a low bar for goal scoring, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like if Dernay can score fifteen, Simono can score twenty, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he's a Again, he's a stump. You're talking like, about he... opportunity there too, right? Because like Dernay scored fifteen playing one C minutes, right? Like that's. True. A different thing if, if, if you're playing like third line wing, maybe if second line was wing. playing 22 minutes a night, he could score 20 goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all about opportunity at that point. Playing first line but, power play. But, but, see, he's a he's a stump. That's what I love about him. He's a, just a tree stump. You can he he's an immovable object. Like when he decides to occupy a space, right? So that's the yeah. thing that really makes me think that you know, if he plays in a system where his job is to like get to the front of the net, park himself there, and like bump in rebounds, he can absolutely do that. So yes. like, even like it, as a it wouldn't be the most, most, most effective use of his skill set. Yeah, because his it's, offensive movement itself is such a skill, and his playmaking yeah. is as well. Hundred percent. But he has like I think he has the capability to like make that work. Is what I'm saying. Okay, that, that's yeah. fair. And speaking of Simino, uh, and Hadi, you're gonna have to give an answer other than Simino than Simino for this question. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is your favorite dark horse prospect in the Hab system? So not not Sim- I know Simino is your answer, Hadi, but for the sake of content, not This Simino. is very, this is, this is, you're so mean right now. <laughs> I know. Um, let me think. Uh, I'm trying to, like, out of, outside of the box, I'd say, like, Jakob Dobesh is, I feel, like, dark mm-hmm. horse. I really like him. Um, another one would probably be, um, I'd say Adam Engstrom. I'm not, not, like, I know you're not as high on him as I am. I yeah. I think there's top four potential there if he's worked out properly. I, um, I see bottom I, pair for him. Yeah. I mean, exactly. when I, when I saw him say he wanted to be like 
better than Kale McCarr. I, I instantly fell I mean, in look, love. I mean, I, I, res- I respect that. Like, because the thing is, it, it takes guts to, to like even like just like contemplate saying that as a like a recent third round pick, right? Yeah. But also, like, if it, like late a third in the third round couldn't say that. Defenseman mm-hmm. though is a different thing, just in terms of just development path and like. Oh yeah. It's it's you know it's not impossible. I mean, Adam Fox was if, a third round pick, right? If like, Lane Hudson like not... said that, I'd be okay with that. Well, yeah, I'm of not really sure where I feel about Look, that. Like, okay, on, on Angstrom, all I'm gonna say is I think that his transition, like offensive transition toolkit, is awesome. Yeah, I don't see much upside apart from that uh, in terms of just offensive habits, decision making. He's not a natural activator in the offensive zone. He misses his... passing reads. Uh, the one thing like I'd him. add. The one thing I'd add is rush defense posture for him is a really good, really strong asset. I think he, his, his entire transition game is excellent. Like yeah, yeah, be real offensive here. and defensive. Yeah, I, I've but been meaning to get to it. I haven't, I haven't watched this second of his game yet. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a twenty-minute video out if you want to check it. out. <laughs> I will definitely check it out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like he. Yeah, anyway, anyways. Um, yeah. So yeah, Dobesh probably would have been one of mine as well. Uh, another one I'm going to say, I'm not, like, ultra, ultra high on him, but I just find him super fun. Uh, Cédric Guindon. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. He's really He's very smart. smart. He's very so smart, very basic. Yeah. Good soft skill. Uh, can can control play well. He connects the line he plays on. I'm not saying top six potential here because he doesn't mm-hmm. have that. But yeah. if he's, like, a borderline 3C, maybe, like, a, a super high-end fourth-line centerman, mm-hmm. you're doing great picking him in, what, the fifth? Round, I think. I, right? Like, uh, he's really fun. I knew he was going to get cut from training camp, but he had a really good red versus, like, the scrimmage. He looked he looked pretty good. He was solid. Yep. Yeah. He see, did, he I'm didn't stand out negatively. So, see, after after the Cedric Gandon video, I started doing the Jared Davidson video, and I kind of hit a slump there just because I'm having so much trouble finding, like, very good things to say about. I don't, Jared I don't, Davidson. I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand the pick. I do really not high. understand the selection. I mean, I, look, he, he produced well in the WHL. Mm-hmm. So. But then he decided to just become like Connor McDavid during that scrimmage. And he pulled off the most amazing move I've ever seen. And it was, it was a nice little myself. toe drag. It was a nice that little is. toe drag to get to the front can, of the net. Right. Like he, he has a good skate. soft area skill for like, like that one little move to get around one defenseman, but he can't compound that skill to like solve complex situations. Oh and yeah, no. NHL, he skates like Kirill Dolzhenkov, but he's a foot shorter. <laughs> yes, he's exactly. an awful skater. He's, he's a really terrible. bad skater. That's the main uh, thing. And, I, I... At the same time, if if you're thinking the way that the has we think at the draft and think, okay, Great point. Obvi- uh, no, obviously nah. his skating is is nah. his big deficiency here. But if they're like we're betting on our development staff to really improve that and bring it to like league average, mm-hmm. at that point we can have a conversation about Jared Davidson. At this point. I, I, I mean, look, he led his team by a lot in points, uh, like Seattle, right? Yeah, but, Seattle. Like, I, I feel like I picking think. about like Jared Davidson Portland? is. Yeah, it was they... no, it wasn't. Wait, I, I literally, I was, I was cutting footage this morning on it. Was the Winter Hawks, right? No, because like, uh, no, I, yeah, it was Seattle, one of the two. Yeah, it was an American team in WA. Exactly. Oh yeah, it's Portland. It's Portland. Is it Seattle? It's Seattle. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Damn it! I was They're both Oregon. It's the like, same thing. Yeah, no, exactly. Oregon. <laughs> like Jared Davis is the kind of guy where they were running out of people, and then they just decided to go on elite prospects and see who had the most points left. 
pretty much it was a weird it was a weird pick because there were a lot of guys on the board that i like quite a bit at that point and it just wasn't the time where i would swung on a, a d plus two can't skate 100%. like there were other d plus two prospects i would have rathered there yeah for sure me too i mean between him and brendan lasowski like are you kidding me like it's 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 brendan lasowski yeah. any day and he went in the sixth round like and yeah ugh. It just doesn't make sense to me. Or if you go WHL, go with like Marcus Nguyen or something, right? Like, like there's, mm-hmm. so, there's if so you're going more. with any player, um, was he drafted before uh, Gradin? I think he, it was. Yeah, he I got drafted he after Gradin. Oh, it was right after. It was right after then. Okay. No, like yeah, way after. Right? Uh, no, 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 because they're Gradin was one fifth round. Oh, right, one hundred and twenty-eighth round, I think. For, no, no. Uh, oh, was no, 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 it? It was right near it. Oh yeah. Okay. It was. He was drafted. Uh, Davidson was drafted at uh, my elite prospects. Just 130. 130. 130. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Grudina was like 150. Are you kidding me? Grudina was 156. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 So uh, Davidson yeah. was picked oh with the first pick in the fifth round. Grudina went end of the fifth round. So they went. So, so okay, just, just some, some names that went in, in the fifth round behind Jared Davidson that are notable for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerrion Donovan, who's okay. Um, who signed an ELC. Uh, yeah, which is weird. Uh, Jake Carabella, Zamplant, uh, David Spachek, Vlad Gradinin. Oh, that one hurts. Maxine Barbashev, right? Like, like, there are a lot of I, I like. Sanders I like Sanders. Yeah, I was going to say, if Sanders Fulmanis would have been a great pick over here. Or, or Aaron even in fantasy. Because he sounds like Menace. National team. Or even um, Peter Hauser, uh, that the Devils yeah. picked up, is a really good player like i was and, really surprised with him like i, I just I how do you, how do you pick davidson fantasy, ahead of so. like like it's it's so funny because in, in my personal just half profit rankings mm-hmm. uh sorry davidson is where on my board uh this, this, this would be funny he's low he, he was Jared, not Jared on davidson my no sorry uh, uh, my, my halves rankings not uh, oh. he was not on, on my board he is 40th yeah. to 44 yeah he is behind neil sobola um, jared davidson <laughs> was on my board because once got to like would have been probably third or fourth. Like, yeah. It's like, oh. That because when I got to about 180 on my board, I just, like, I, I, I'm very, very new to, I'm very, very new to scouting. So I'm just like, <laughs> hey, 89 points in 60 games. You know what? He's next. And I think he was like 163rd on my rankings. Yep. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I, I, I couldn't rank more than 100 players. I struggled so much to, like, First, they narrow it down to 100, but then just actually rank those. But he now sits between Rhett Pitlick and Yanni Fairbrother on my... uh... But see, like, among... Like, even in the sixth round, you go even further. Dominic James. uh, Matthew Seminoff. What? Dominic James went second round, though? No. No, Dylan James James went second round. Oh, Dylan. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dominic James. James. Fabian Wagner, I would have definitely considered above... Oh, for sure. Uh, Like, I I ranked him. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Semenov, Servak Petrovsky, like yeah. are you, Matt are you Maggio. I love Matt Connor Maggio. Kurth. Connor Kurth would have been excellent. Connor Kurth is fun. Read yeah. Dick. If we could have Absolutely. taken Hugo Semenov, oh, yeah, true. Even, even someone like, like Tyler Muzelic, right? Like if you want to go with a goaltender there, yeah. like Chris. I think Vermeen Reed Dick would have been my bet as a goalie for sure. Like uh I, I would have gone with uh, Hugo Havilland. Oh, and, and they picked Emmett Coteau in the first pick yeah. of the sixth round, uh, ahead of Reed Dick and ahead of, of Tyler Muselik, So And Hugo Havilland just went and undrafted for some reason. Oh, my God. He's small. He's, it's a small he, goalie, but it's such a 43rd-ranked player he, he, on my board. 
Uh, you see it with, with, with young goalies all the time, like like, like Dustin Wolf. Uh, like they just Shades fall. of UC Saros has never been that accurate. At, like Alex Pelovin in the seventh round, Ratkovich yeah. Bernson in the seventh round, who I was a really big fan of. Uh, shout out to Alexa Potak, who put me on, yeah. on that train. Um, did, did, didn't Rakovic Berenson also literally say before the draft, I'm, I know I'm not getting drafted here? <laughs> and, and he, he did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Brennan Ali, like... Yeah, there's so, there's so many. Yeah, and then all the guys that, 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 that you rank and who didn't get picked, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, I, mean, I, I have loads. Jeremy, yeah, how did uh, Jeremy Wilmer go undrafted? Sorry, Jeremy ridiculous. Wilmer is insanely skilled. Like, look, he's- I only had two top 100 players that didn't get drafted. Hugo oh, Havlin and so Guerrero. I had so many. Jake uh, Lovanovich? Didn't yeah. he get picked? No, Spencer Sova didn't get picked, which is weird to me because Spencer a good skating get- Canadian defenseman usually gets picked when he's over six foot. Spencer but, Sova? Yeah. yeah. Wow. He, he went undrafted. It's so weird. Uh, who else? Uh, Tyler Duke should have been picked. Uh, Lucas Gustafson, Ilya Krochko, Cole Knubel, um, Marek Hayduk. Marek Hayduk. I-, I like Kent Anderson a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also a massive fan of Olivier Boutin, who no one, he's on no one's radar, the D plus two now. Love that guy. Uh, Kent yeah. Isagai, right? Bo Should Jelsma. have been drafted. Bo, Bo Jelsma. Bo Jelsma. Bo Jelsma. Yeah, I had him. I had him. Uh, I was, I was looking at, I had him 89th. Yeah. Like, I, I had him ranked. Right around there as well. I, I had Bo Jalsma at uh, 83rd, uh, one spot ahead of teammate Hunter Hate because I like Jalsma a lot. I get that. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird, like, the draft is so wacky. It's also what makes this fun for us because, yep. like, the thing is, every NHL team finishes the draft being like, we did so well. Oh my God, right? Because, like, you yeah. always end up on your list. With like a first rounder in the third or fourth round, right? Like I got, I, and then we end up with something like 2012, where not a single one is still in the NHL. Yeah, that was bad. That not a good draft. Yeah. Not a good draft whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, before we get to the last one or two questions, I'm going to ask. I just want to give a little intermission here because uh, our colleague uh, Joshua Rosa sent in a segment uh, for this uh, day in Habs history, which is. A fan favorite and it's back of the season. So, uh, Josh, go ahead. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Josh speaking. And you know what that means. It's your bi-weekly dose of Canadians history. Since it's the first on this day of the season, figured we'll take a special to look back on the noteworthy captains the Montreal Canadiens passed. So without further ado, on September 12th, the year of our Lord 2022, the Montreal Canadiens named the 31st and youngest team captain in history in Nick Suzuki. Suzuki was selected 13th overall in 2017, which makes him the 5th highest drafted Canadiens captain in history. Bob Ganey was drafted 8th overall in 1973. Vincent Dampus was 6th overall in 1986, Kirk Muller was drafted 2nd in 1984, and finally Pierre Turgeon was drafted 1st overall in 1987. The lowest position the Canadiens captain was drafted was 82nd overall, and that was Brian Gionta in 1998. 
you might be thinking about some legends that are missing off that list. That's because a lot of great Canadian captains debuted before the first entry draft in 1963, therefore being undrafted. However, one player was undrafted in the NHL draft era, and that being Mike Keane, who was captain of the Montreal Canadiens in the 1995-96 season. Keane was signed by Montreal and played eight years with the Canadians, winning one Stanley Cup before he was traded away with Patrick Watt to the Colorado Avalanche. Yep, that's right. It wouldn't be on this day without mentioning that. In Colorado, Keane won his second Stanley Cup. Eventually, Keane united with other former Canadians, Captain Guy Carboneau, and won his third cup with the Dallas Stars. That makes him one of nine players to win a Stanley Cup with three different teams. Jean Beliveau is the Montreal Canadiens' longest reigning captain, captaining the team for ten seasons. He is one of seven captains to have spent his whole career in Montreal, but there were a couple that came close, like Nuzi Lalonde, who played 98 of his 99 career games in Montreal, playing just one game with the New York Americans in 1926. Silvio Mantha stayed in Montreal, except for four games at the end of his career with the Boston Bruins. On the other end of the spectrum, Pierre Turgeon was drafted by Buffalo and played just 104 games in Montreal out of 1,294 career games or a whopping 8.404% of his career. The Canadians have had two of the six official goalie captains in NHL history. The first is underrated shutout machine George Hainsworth in 1932. The second and final official goalie captain was Bill Dernan. Dernan went out to argue with calls with the refs so often or for so long, basically giving the team a free timeout that the Dernan rule was put in place and goalies were no longer allowed to be NHL captains. And finally, my favorite Montreal Canadiens captain of old, a tough guy, of course, because back in the NHL's Wild West days, enforcers were just insane. This captain was a defenseman who retired with the second most career goals by a defenseman at the time, was charged with assault due to his actions on the ice twice, was a member of the Montreal Wanderers, the team that had their building burnt down and subsequently burned out of the league, and almost single-handedly destroyed the Ottawa Senators, Sprague Cleghorn. Sprague missed the final Montreal Wanderers season because he broke his ankle in a collision in a January game and then broke his other ankle while rehabbing that ankle walking around Montreal. He then moved on to the Ottawa Senators, who became too good and the league tried to transfer him to the Hamilton Tigers, which he refused. So the Ottawa Senators said he might as well come play with us, and Montreal Canadiens owner George Kennedy seriously threatened to dissolve the team if Cleghorn played. And then the precise same situation happened a year later. He injured three different Ottawa Senators in a single brawl in 1922, was called a disgrace to the game, and did all of this while being one of the earliest offensive defensemen in the game. Now that's what I call a captain. All right, uh, back to the last few questions here. Um, one, one more Twitter question that I, I really struggled with uh, is not one that was actually asked me directly. It was just one that I saw that 
is a just a weird, weird theoretical thing to think about. Mm-hmm. If you have the option of keeping the entire current oh half prospect system enti- like entirely but outside the NHL, so everyone from Slavkovsky to uh, Philip Meshar to most ridiculous Kingley, poll I've ever seen, Pitlick, Pit- Pit- yeah. Do you do you keep those like forty odd players, or do you swap them all out for Connor Bedard? <laughs> Just and your isn't that wacky? Oh my god, what a question! Um, because I, I went against the, the grain. The poll, uh, look, I'm pretty sure it was seventy-one percent said they would trade. They would do it for Connor Bedard. <laughs> no, but they seventy-one percent. Aaron, I, when I answered, it was at ninety-eight. <laughs> like I, oh everyone God. was going, and then like like my comment early. Some, I, I think like, I, I, I commented early, but before. Oh wait, no. Now it's at fifty-three percent for keeping entire prospect pool. Okay, so my, see, I, I, I feel my like my answer got twenty-one likes, and I think I swayed the vote a little bit. But like beforehand, it was rough. No, but see, like I, I think most Habs fans would intentionally lose a game of soggy biscuit in order to get Connor Bedard. Like I yes. think it's that, like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like it's Connor freaking Bedard. Like yes. you're talking about probably the best prospect since Connor McDavid. Yes, awesome match. He's better, made, but but yes, like it, close. It, it's that range. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. We're we're talking that level. At the same generational. Time, do you do you move your entire pipeline and like, no. Ju- ju- just, just a reminder, you've worked towards this pipeline for the last five years. The Habs have had over 10 picks in each of the last three drafts. Mm. Uh, that is not something that you can rebuild overnight. However, mm. you also don't get a generational talent overnight. Do you swap Although, the entire system for Connor Bedard, Hadi? If one general manager is going to do it, it would be Ken Hughes. That would just rebuild <laughs> our prospect pool overnight. Yeah. But yes. No. No, no I wouldn't. way you do that. You wouldn't? There's a, I would because not. Uh, look, I, I, were you using the comments to look at Edmonton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, see, it's a very this, difficult this question. Is, this is this is my answer, right? Like, I, I, like my 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 answer to the poll was much as I believe Bedard is generational. If McDavid and the Oilers have tossed anything, it's that no matter how good one or, or even two players are, it takes a team to win a cup. So I'd hesitatingly go with the entire Habs pool. At the same time, also, you, you just picked first overall, right? Like, you're not giving away little, like, scraps here. You're, you're giving up probably, like, what, a seventh overall ranked prospect pool in the league-ish? But somewhere between four and seven like, best? I, I would league. trade the Florida Panthers' prospect pool. Yeah, oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you have nothing in it. Like, yeah, if you're the Lightning. Like you're giving away Denisenko. Ooh, who cares? Yeah. But you know, if especially if you're the Lightning, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Lightning's prospect pool? Like e- Isaac, even, even the Leafs, it's Isaac Howard, e- e- yeah. even the Leafs, right? If you can get Connor Bedard for three years on an ELC to add to your core, yeah. I mean, I'm like, pretty like, sure you, that some, you, you, some you, Leafs you fans move. think that uh, Matthew Nick Robertson is better than Connor Bedard. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same the same I, thing with, with Sens fans and really Greg. Yeah. Uh, but and Shane Pinto, I, I, I I've been in a fight with a guy all day. Honestly, I understand Shane Pinto. Question. Yeah. Oh yeah, Shane Pinto great. for Jacob Chikrin, one for one. Would you do it? No, no, no. Oh yeah, I would. Exactly. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's good. I think he's a high end three C when he tops out, which is a great exactly. thing to have. Right? And especially like, with the pull that Ottawa it's has. Like, it's like are Owen Beck, kidding me? Right? Yeah. It's, it's like Owen Beck. Like I, 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 I still I don't like think really Owen Beck is a. Sorry. I like really Greg more than Shane Pinto. Uh, I like Pinto more than Greg. I like personally. Pinto more as well. Yeah. I also like Pinto more as a centerman than Greg. I think Greg mm-hmm. ends up as a winger. 
I, th- I think I think Stutz Lance is a winger, so they do have to they do have some building to go possible. down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. But but no, I, I just found that a fun wacky question. Oh, it's because, a very good question. It's a very like, good question. It it uh, like if you ponder just for a while, right? Like 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 mm-hmm. cause thing is the Habs like un- unless they get the first overall pick or just a top five pick in, in, in this draft, you're not adding a guy like Bedard for the next what? Like realistically, twenty years, ten years, long time, uh, right? Whoever that fourteen year old in the WHL who scored four, who got four. Assists, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, scored. yeah. Maybe it's him. He's twenty twenty six eligible. That's insane <laughs> to me. That's so stupid. I can't. How, how is he in the WHL? When it's twenty twenty six eligible. He's. I'm gonna be 24 by the time he, he comes around. I, I will be 21 years old by the time he's draft eligible. That's I'm crazy. not even gonna answer that. <laughs> he will be older. You will indeed be older than us. Yeah. Uh, that is not going to change. And 20. Uh, no. Like. Yeah. Uh, 27. Uh, no. Uh, I can't uh, even say it. 27. Are you? Ah. Uh, oh uh, no. You're doing. No. You're doing fine, Heidi. You're doing fine. Okay. Uh, sure. And yeah. last question <laughs> of the podcast. Uh. I'm going to just leave the floor to you guys. Uh, if you can talk about just one more prospect that was <laughs> at development camp, uh, uh, whether it be positive or negative, uh, the floor is yours. Take take one pick, uh, one player to champion. Uh, don't Th- talk thanks, about him for a couple minutes. Thanks for specifying that they had to be at training camp because I would have gone the next Late hour Hudson, about Dolzhenkov. I was oh, going to say, oh, that was oh. definitely the guy you were going for. But go first. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you, the guest, you can start. I think he uh, wanted the time to think, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I want the time to think, too. So. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll go first. I'll fine, go first. I'll, fine, I'll, I'll fine, go I first. It. Aaron, Aaron, I, I have, already have mine. You'll go so first? I can, okay. Mm-hmm. I will go uh, I'm going I'm to go with a player who is not even in the half system, Riley Mercer. I liked his game a oh lot. Oh, my God. Absolutely. He was very impressive to me. Yeah. He was very impressive to me. Uh, you compare his game with Joe Verbetic, and I'm like, oh, Riley Mercer's good at hockey. I was going to um, say Joe Verbetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, really? I, I did not think Verbetic had a very strong camp. Uh, mm-hmm. He's big, he's lanky, he's young, uh, but he's fighting for a contract in the ECHL with one season. But anyways, Riley Mercer, who is Dawson Mercer's younger brother, is a goalie who plays for Drummondville in the QMJHL, and he went undrafted this year. So uh, he's up again next draft, and I, if I had to put like two bucks down, I'd say that like he's going to be the next like late round goalie flyer that, that the Habs bet on because yep. again QMJHL goalies it's 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 a lottery right like you never know what, what you're getting there because mm-hmm. it's the Q but I, I liked him a lot he made some timely saves uh, he which is always a good thing for goalie to stop the puck you know yep. uh, but what really impressed me was, was his uh, puck handling his decision making and leaving his net uh, his passing ability he made he had the best assist of the inter-squad scrimmage game he, mm-hmm. he, he spotted uh, the fact that there was a line change. He fires the puck down the ice up to the offensive blue line. Uh, I forget who scored, ended up scoring that goal for Montreal. It was probably Anthony Richard because he scored two. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he fired that puck down the ice. Great vision. Perfect pass mm-hmm. on the tape. Uh, and it was finished off. And yep. it was a really fun assist there. And I was very happy that he got that point because he played a great game uh, for Team Red. Yeah, he's was, he was Red. Yeah. And uh, I, I was just very pleasantly surprised. I still, I still have a long way to go when it comes to scouting goalies in terms of actually yeah. like the mechanics of it, uh, because it's it's a wacky thing. Goalies are weird. Uh, but, but, weird. but but Riley Mercer stuck out to me very positively. 
in terms of just like how he hung with guys like Samuel Matambo. And this kid is 18 years old. Uh, and I thought he played excellently in that, in that scrimmage game and all the other tape I've seen of him. His movements are very smooth. Uh, yeah. he, he's always controlled in his net, uh, fairly athletic. All the things that, that you're looking for with a young goalie. Uh, yeah. So that I just wanted to give a little shout out to, to Riley Mercer because I thought he had a very, very good game. And we, we could have picked him, but instead we went with Jared Davidson. So, yep. Yeah. But see, okay. So I've made my pick. Okay. And it's William Trudeau. And mm-hmm. I'm sticking I by that. I, man, he really impressed me. I thought he was a lot less physical than he was, uh, that he showed me in, in the training camp. I really genuinely enjoyed watching him. Um, yeah. He, he was just an absolutely impressive um, defenseman in terms of his transition ability, his ability to spot his options quickly, make smart plays, smart little passes in transition. I really, really liked his game. I think he's going to go back to um, he's going to be going back to Charlottetown and being their top guy and really sort of dominating in that sense. So I'm really excited to see what he gives next. Yeah, I got two for you. I know you asked for one, but I'm going to give go ahead a little quick <laughs> shout out to John Parker Jones because. Why oh, is he? he was be- he was better than like what I think he's like a he's forward and defenseman. I don't know what he actually plays as. He's forward in, and defenseman in the CIA. I'm, or, conv- what, in, I'm in, convinced in, he could play as a goalie. <laughs> Probably he's big. Totally. He, he's, he's like huge. a freak of nature. He's I I never heard of him and well, there's no, no he, reason he's I would like have ever heard of him. Canadian up, college guy. He put up <laughs> ten points in like eighty three something games and. He got invited to camp, and I liked him a lot. He was like, fun. He's just, he was so fun. But my actual uh, pick is Miguel Torigny, who oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going with him. Yeah, Despite being 5'8", plays like an NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. He doesn't let us, us hold him back. I don't think he's going to be an NHL guy, but I think he's going to be a really fun AHL guy for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. I, saying, I, I wouldn't count him out as an NHL ago. I wouldn't. I, I mean, really like, I, I mean if, we're, if we're talking pure on my upside, board, so if, if we're talking like isolated pure upside in terms there of there was no better pick in the seventh. Oh, yeah. Probably I, in I, terms I, of isolated pure upside. Like, look, there is a roughly 0.1% chance that Miguel Turini ends up as a number one defenseman in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, if that's the bet you're making the seventh round, I'm very but happy. Look, look at our recent seventh round picks. It's like becoming a Habs thing. It doesn't matter who our management is. We're taking a high I upside mean, flyer guy in the seventh. From the yeah. queue, right? 100%. From the queue. And usually over a... You have to have at least one. Be, you know, like yeah. a lot of fun guys in there. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that was a fun one to end off on. That was so, such uh, a fun podcast. But I don't know who did funny. me dirty on Twitter like that with that goddamn screenshot. <laughs> but I, I had to get one out there. <laughs> oh my god! What did you do, Aaron? Aaron, what did you do? A oh, screenshot of of me mid mid speaking with a weird ass face on. Uh, which thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're that is very that good. is cruel of you, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I just started watching the game. Friedman <laughs> saying a lot of teams expressing some regret for not finding Jack Ferns. Oh, Toronto made it one nothing. Yeah, oh, Nick Robertson. They? Of course, <laughs> of course. Why? Of course. Who else? Would Nick it Robertson, be? the second coming of Jesus. Oh yeah, only second totally. to Matthew Niles. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to wrap up this episode of the Puck and Roll Podcast. Uh, thank you, Hadi, for coming on. This no has problem been at all. 
an absolute blast. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> as always, a pleasure. Uh, so to everyone listening, oh, also, sorry, Joshua Rosa, thank you for uh, your little segment. And to Patrick Lorty, he's going to do some of the editing uh, after the episode. So thanks to the entire team here at Puck and Roll. Thank you to Hadi for being a lovely guest. And thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in for this episode. So until next time, this has been the Puck and Roll Podcast, and thank you for listening. Say you want a revolution, well, you know, we all want to change the world. You tell me that it's evolution, well, you know, we all want to change the world. But when you talk about destruction, don't you know that you can count me out? Don't you know it's gonna be alright? Alright. Alright.